NFR Extra is a weekly podcast that focuses on the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and features icons that embody the rodeo and Western lifestyle. Keep up with catch percentages. Are yes, there, sir. Are there a lot of guys that do that? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, there's a lot of people that lie about it. <laughs> <laughs> when one of us is down, the other one's always there to pick them up, just yeah. like that. In what order do you actually say, like, this is work, this is play, this is both? Is there a certain situation there? No play. Yeah. <laughs> no play. This is Kirsten Bold with Bold Rodeo Company, and you are listening to NFR Extra. Welcome once again to NFR Extra. I'm Steve Godert, joined with Mr. Andy Seiler and 3B, Ryland Bentley, all business. And we've got uh, the man himself, world champion, team rover, Caleb Driggers. What's going on, brother? Oh, not too much. How's it going? All good here, man. Feels good to be in Vegas, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's not a bad time. Yeah. What, uh, what's been shaking this year so far for you? Uh, you know, I've been pretty busy. I, uh, outside of rodeoing and stuff, I've kind of got a new stud that I've been trying to get going and, uh, got a bunch of maturity horses and trying to get all that lined out. I think I got about 70 head of horses right now. So 70, seven zero. Yes. Sir. 70. Yep. So that keeps me pretty busy. Um, yes. trying to practice for myself and then also riding them and trying to keep everything separate. So um making sure that i give enough time for my job but also give enough time for them as well and then um andy knows but kind of in business with uh, the torres brothers we got about 300 head of heifers that we're gonna do uh ropings and stuff with this year so been getting all them doctored and ready to roll and broke in and all that stuff so been keeping it busy i got a, the 70 head of horses thing how many of those are riding horses right now I would probably half. I would say wow. half. Yeah, I've got uh, there's maybe eight yearlings, ten weanlings, and then uh, probably fifteen broodmares. Probably so. Everything else we ride. And what's your stud? Uh, he's a metallic cat out of uh, another playgirl by Freckles Playboy. Wow. Yeah. Little heat. Yeah. I like that. Beautiful. Yep. By the way, he showed us uh, a video and like dappled up gray. Anyway, just. One of those horses I will never own, but yeah. it, it, it should be a good stud prospect with everything you've got in the works. Yeah, and he's uh, he's five this year, and he had his first. He has, I guess he has yearlings on the ground now, and they they look really good and promising. And um, I bought him from Colby Love when he has a few of them. So uh, just trying to get them, get them in the right spots in the right hands and try to make sure they get uh, proven the right way. So you, you bring up a good point when you talk about your, your stock contracting business because – with not just the pandemic, today's times and horned cattle, that's becoming more and more difficult to find. So tell us a little bit about that partnership. Yeah, um, they're they're definitely high, and especially coming into summer right now, they're they're super high. Um, so that's one thing that we've tried to get a like like you were saying, probably about the pandemic time is kind of when I started getting into it a little bit, and I would um, more or less sell them. I would buy smaller, raise them up, get them big enough, and then sell them. And then uh, Torres has approached me and asked me if I'd like to kind of start doing that with them. So we kind of do a little bit of both. We'll 
uh like we said we got 300 head right now so we really don't have to have that many uh at one time but me and colin von on produced the capitalist there in uh oklahoma in october and uh they used their cows last year and i used my cows the first year so we're going to go in together and um produce that event or whatever so it takes quite a bit of cows to do that and uh just trying to keep money rolling man just uh it's expensive to practice cows are expensive and we practice so much that we go through a lot of them so trying to figure out a way to you know offset the price a little bit on that and um kind of the same way i do with my horses you know i uh try to get the best horses that i can and then offset it with uh riding and tuning other horses and selling them and stuff so so everybody talks about their practice habits what what is a typical practice day look like for you you know it's a little bit different it's according if junior's coming that day um, if Junior's coming that day, it's according to when he comes. Um, he lives an hour from now. Is, is there more behind that? <laughs> yeah, is that a common situation? Actually, I want to I want to actually key in on that one. Let's not, talk he's about Brazil. Yeah, uh, it. I mean, I'm thankful that he comes because I don't I don't have a trailer big enough to haul all of my horses up there. So, um, but yeah, he comes and practices, and in sometimes it's morning, sometimes it's afternoon. So whatever it is, I'll flip flop my colts and stuff. Um, for whenever he's coming but uh carlos will heal for me he'll heal for me some and i'll work my head horses and then we'll move into the futurity colts and all that stuff in the afternoon so yeah it's a balance you gotta dang sure decipher you know trying to stay sharp with your open but then also route the colts as well so so you listed off a lot of different things that you do in what order do you actually say like this is work this is play this is both is there a certain situation there? No play. Yeah. <laughs> no play. No, it's a, uh, my wife tells me too, I need to slow down sometimes, but it's constant, constant going and doing and trying to get stuff done. That's a weird deal, man, because you look at how many people, that's all they want to do. I just want to team rope. They work, yeah. they have a regular job to team rope. So like when your work is your play, it's kind of hard to differentiate that to where, you know, truly a labor of love. But how many, how many horses are, are you riding a day? I would say on average probably 12. I would say I probably, yeah. Because some days I'll ride my better horses and then sometimes I'll ride other stuff. Um, I don't ride them all every day naturally. And then uh, Chance Harmon, he uh, works there at the house. He rides probably 15 or 20 a day. So we get through them pretty good. And then I send some of them off. I got some three-year-olds out at Andy Holcomb's. He's got four of mine right now. And uh, I got a guy in Oklahoma, Brock Demery, that rides some as well. So, California Andy Holcomb, mm-hmm. very nice. And uh, over there in Aromas, yes, sir. That uh, it's so crazy too, because kind of talking about what you're doing with all of that, like you got the times that we're in now. It's like being one dimensional doesn't exist anymore. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have to find ways to, like you said, I got to get some income doing this, and I need that, and everything. It's just it's totally unprecedented times. Yeah, I think that you have to diversify um, because I think if you allow only on rodeo then I think it can only take you so far. Um, I think that with all the different avenues that I'm trying to go down, it not only does it, you know, allow for more opportunities, but you never know who you're going to come in contact with when this guy comes to your house. He's a businessman and he wants a $30,000 horse that he can go and rope on and his kids can ride. And um, if you do him a good job, then establishing that relationship with him and then there's no telling where it could lead to, whether it's a sponsorship or uh you know him coming in and uh helping you start your own business or there's just multiple avenues that uh that can stem from that and i think that 
uh, it's very important to try and, you know, stay, beat the ground and all that stuff. Yeah. Cultivate those relationships. Okay, Caleb. So uh, I'm I'm noticing some things that are a lot different about you. I mean, we grew up, we junior rodeoed together, and the all work no play is what not the Caleb that I grew up with. <laughs> so yeah, what happened to you? No, I, I'm, not, I'm I'm <laughs> telling you, I've had a lot of people tell me I'm an old man in a young man's body. But anyways, what changed your mindset? Because you're you're not the same young man you were five years ago. I mean, and now you have a gold buckle to go along with it. So something's working. What, what changed your mindset? Uh, I've done a lot of growing up. Um, that's I would say that's probably the biggest thing that, that I had going. I've always kind of lived in the moment, if you will, you know what I mean? And I think that, uh, I quit drinking a couple of years ago and I think that had a lot to do with it. And it wasn't most days I didn't take it too far. You know what I mean? Like I, it would just be, you know, few or whatever with my friends and stuff like that but then as i got older then it's still the next day you had less drive less drive less drive well now i don't i'm not looking to knock off at five o'clock to have a beer you know what i mean i'm still rolling you know what i mean whenever whenever i get done is when i get done and before it was like ah we put in a good day's work let's have a beer you know what i mean and it's easy and and i'm not down at anybody who does want to drink that's not that's just for me yes, sir. personally where I felt like, and I felt like I was in the prime of my career. I had the, some of the best horses, the best partner, everything. So I felt like I needed to step away from it. And it's not something that I look down upon or look down upon on people for doing it. But at the same time, I felt like it was, for me, it would make me a better person. And then if I ever want to step back to it someday, I mean, you can't rodeo forever. So that's where I feel like, um, that was kind of a turning point for me. So you you keep up with catch percentages? Are yes, there, sir. Are there a lot of guys that do that? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, there's a lot of people that lie about it. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, never missed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that, um, and I think it's just holding yourself accountable because um, it's pretty easy to go spend three or four stairs and be like, dang, man, I'm roping good. Well, right. you missed a 10 before. Right. You know what I mean? And that's where... Just like looking back, I thought, man, I wrote pretty good this winter. We got dang near eighty thousand one, and I looked at it, and I'm like seventy nine percent or something like that, and I'm like, I'm not even where I'm normally at. And uh, what's normal? I don't know, eighty seven percent maybe. Oh, somewhere oh you don't know? Just <laughs> yeah. I don't know, eighty seven two five. Yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> just off the top of my head. Yeah, and um, I think it's just accountability. I think holding yourself accountable and not—it's easy to be. Well, I'm, I try to stay short-minded at the same time. If I go to the rodeo and I miss, I don't try to carry that into the next day. But at the same time, the numbers don't lie on how well you're doing. Right. And um, I think that that's one thing that I kind of live by. And there's people that come and rope at my house, and they've been there all winter and stuff. And I kind of no, no, no excuses type kind of deal. You know what I mean? We're going to put in the work, we're going to do the work, and we're not going to take any shortcuts and um, I think that that's one of the one of the deals is uh, you need to hold yourself accountable and where, where you're at. Well, it's funny you say that. I I just want to follow up one more thing with that. It, it's crazy because I, I love golf and Tiger Woods in the prime of his career. You know, whenever he's beating all these people just lapping the field, he starts doing Navy SEAL workouts. You know, so there's certain people that will say that was detrimental, but 
he was continuing to sharpen that saw and look at all those things that everybody else is like, well, it's just golf. Like, let's go play and, yeah, you know, we sure. need to hit the ball in the hole. It's that simple. Yeah, there's but, levels. Yes, absolutely. Um, so that's that's awesome to see what you've done to take yourself to that next level. Thank you. So with seeing on that side of it with you're keeping track of what you're catching, are you taking mental notes of what you're working on or are you watching like videos or something or is it just like, uh, I know where I messed up on that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is my 14th year rodeo, and I pretty much have an idea on where I made a mistake. And uh, I would bet two-thirds of the time when I make a mistake, it's because I didn't focus well enough before I nodded. That's where sometimes you might see me. I might take a little bit extra long in the box, and it's because I can't get myself focused. Because if I can get focused on the steer, then I can read him what he does, and then I'll be able to react to it um, because I built that foundation. But if I back in there and my head's over there and I ain't paying attention, then I'm going to have 50-50 chance on catching him. Yeah. And you, you run into that a little bit rodeoing during the summer because you're just rodeoing, 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 right. rodeoing. Right. And instead of you need to take each steer, and that's one thing that I felt like I'd done a better job of last year is I roped each steer for what he was, but also every steer mattered. Every steer counted for a world title, you know what I mean? Right. And it fell our way, and I'm not saying that that's the, the reason why, but um, there's so many obstacles to go through in Vegas alone that, you know, dictates on who wins the world. But yeah. at the same time, uh, I felt like I'd done a better job of making sure that I was focused, making sure that every steer counted. Let's take a quick pause, and we'll be right back. Looking to rope in some new news and features you can't find anywhere else? Then look no further than the series of blogs and vlogs at nfrexperience.com. You'll find customized content on all things rodeo and Las Vegas. There's the NFR Insider with Susan Canode, Hurley's Hotspots, NFR Experience, Junior World Finals, one-on-one with Wrangler contestants, Behind the Shoots, Heart of the NFR, and Gold Buckle Buzz. So that mental focus that you have when you're practicing at home, are you kind of replaying you know, or, or setting yourself up in scenarios like, all right, here we go, this is round number one, round number eight, or is it just like, this is this steer right here today? You know, I'll do a little bit of both. Um, I feel like that you can, like I run 70 steers a day. There's no way to get perfectly focused on every steer. Mm -hmm. And I honestly think it will make you go the other way a little bit if you do try and focus that hard on every steer. But um, I think that comes back to the foundation that I was talking about. That's what I try to build in the practice bin um, is the reactions, uh, where I want my horse, what I want my horse to do in this situation. And uh, that way, when I am in competition, all I have to do is worry about the horns and then everything else to take care of itself. When you talk about everything else, you talk about a percentage and how that works throughout the year. But how do you actually keep track of all that? Are you documenting it into an Excel? How do you keep your schedule and those elements going throughout the year? Yeah, I keep a uh, on my, just on my notes on my phone. I have a... Uh, list of all my official rodeos that I go to every year and whether it's one for one or two for two or however many I end up running at that rodeo uh and I don't if I turn the steer and it's not for money I don't count it so um outside of it being like an average type situation if I turn my second one at Reno and we don't place in the second round I still count it but if we're going for the second round and I turn him and it's not fast enough then that don't count um and that's just goes back to holding yourself accountable I mean it's easy to say, oh, if he would have threw here, then we could have been fast enough. No, you didn't do a good enough job. So um, 
if you would have done a good enough job, he would have threw right there. So, so I, I'm I love this analytical conversation because it it reminds me of all right, it's round seven at the NFR. Okay, we're getting down to who's going to win this thing. So, do you do you look at leaderboards? Because I've heard of some people that they lock themselves in their room, they listen to music. I don't want to know what's going <laughs> on, but. Do you do you look at that? Do you pay attention going into not only going into the box but preparing for each round? Yeah, and that's one thing that you know. Honestly, it, I want to know exactly where I am. I want to, you know what I mean. And I think that's one thing that I'm pretty strong-minded, and I think that's one of the reasons that I do want to hold myself so accountable. But at the same time, I want to know where I'm at. I want to know do do I have to make something up or do I have to hold my lead or do I what where's where am I at in this race? You know because it's easy to say yeah just go rope your steer and it'll be over. But at the same time, you the NFR is so fast and there's you know from first to fourth is I don't know how much money twenty thousand yep. dollars or something yep. like that. You know so and that could be three tenths of a second. Well, if you needed to take that risk to win the world or whatever, then that's something that I want to know that some people, like you said, they don't, they don't care to know, but at the same situation, I almost have a little peace with knowing, Hey, this is what I have to do. You know what I mean? So, and I make a game plan and try to follow through with it. All right. In round 10, do you want to have to be four flat or do you want to just go catch? I've been in both situations. Which Um, do you prefer? Ah, uh, well, I like this one better. <laughs> it actually worked out for me. <laughs> uh, it's not an easy place to have to uh, just go catch in, but there's definitely, just like this year, the steer that I had in the 10th round was not, if they would have made it tough on me, it would have not been easy. Um, so it's 50-50, I guess. Uh, naturally, we've made that run a million times, just go catch the steer, so. I'm going to go with that one just because I don't want to back myself into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in the Thomas and Mac. You're backing yourself into the box. Why is the Thomas and Mac so different for the team roping event? Uh, the arena is so small. Um, it's unlike anywhere else we go. And it's not necessarily the width of the Thomas and Mac. It's the width. There's no corner. Uh, when it comes out of the head box, it actually goes 12 foot and then starts rolling back up the wall. So there's no corner for a guy to be able to go and face. So obviously a lot of your better runs is guys that don't just dirty hang it on them fast because then they hit that corner mm-hmm. and they can't get a good finish. So your better runs is, you know, a little bit after the neck rope comes off. Kind of getting down there. Where did this – I'm kind of intrigued by this accountability thing because I don't think I have very much or any <laughs> of it. Where did that – was that something that two years ago when you made the decision to stop drinking or is that something you've always done? I've, I've always had that. Yeah, I've always, and I think I would say probably more so 24-ish, 25-ish, probably somewhere in there. I started taking it pretty pretty serious because naturally 18-year-old kid rodeo and have the time of his life, you know what I mean? Wanting to do the best that he can, but at the same time, you're just having a good time. You're yeah. not, you're not. You you're getting your legs under you. Yeah, you haven't really grown up, I would say. Yet. Yeah. And um, honestly, too, it was like, 18, 19 year old kid rodeo, and like I wanted to make the finals, but never really thought that, you know, a world title was in grass or whatever. And then I think I was 21, maybe when I won reserve. And then that's kind of when I started getting the itch like, hey, it's a possibility. Yeah. Like, this is something that I need to take serious. So you've got nine qualifications. What set last year apart for you? Uh, I, th- I think there's a million things 
that go down in Vegas that people don't even realize happen that allows uh, certain people to win the world. Um, I've been in the situation where I needed one guy to catch the tenth steer, and I would have won the world. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's just so many different things that, and it's other people's, um, you know, how well they do as well that leads into it. Um, there's been several times that it's just like, hey, if so and so stops the clock, then they can't move up, and then they can't beat you. Well, not fell my way several times, but that's not the reason why I didn't win it. I didn't win it because I didn't do good enough. But there is there's situational stuff like that that happens that when you're sitting at home, you don't really realize that that's, you know, hey, like, if they would have caught two feet, then they would, you know what I mean? So yeah. there's just, there's a different, it just pays so much. A uh, guy needs to be on his A game when he comes to Vegas. They also kind of throw uh, some wrenches in the gears, though, too, because it's not like you can just, you know, go pet your horse or sit in your room. I mean, that you, you're going 9-0. Yep, I mean, you got sure. autographs, you got traveling, you got buckle ceremony on the other side of town. You've got a lot of things that, you know, when you do start succeeding on that, even then it's like, okay, now this is, you know, now I got to go do this. Yep. And that's one thing that, uh, when you get out here and you get going and you get tired and it's like, man, I'd like to be able to just stay, stay home, you know, but at the same time, they're the reason you're here. How'd you and junior get together? Uh, I was actually healing, um, that year. And I was healing for a sponsor buddy of mine, and uh, me and him was second partners. And then we done, we had a lot of success together. And I just asked him if he wanted to rope, and we ended up teaming up in 2016. You guys travel a lot together. Or you have your own rigs. Oh, we have our own rigs. Um, it'll probably be a little bit different now because he has two kids and stuff. So, um, but he'll throw in with me quite a bit, and we'll we'll go. What's What's the best kept secret about Junior? <laughs> I don't know. Come on. <laughs> the eye roll, the eye roll you. Come There's on. something here. Yeah. We won't tell him. I mean, does he have like a like a crazy weird habit? Like he likes playing Uno or, you know, I mean, what what do you guys do going down the road? You know, honestly, he's uh, on the phone mostly. Okay. He's, he's WhatsApping. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, Worldwide yeah. communication. Holy cow. <laughs> That's the one thing you need to know about Junior. He's on the phone the whole time you're rodeoing. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing, nothing bad, but you don't, you don't understand what he's saying. <laughs> you think there's nothing bad? Yeah. Well, uh, well, it, that's that's me. I just choose negligence. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> choose lot not to yeah. learn Portuguese. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it seems like you guys have really good chemistry. Yeah, we uh, we have a good time. Um, you know, that's what I was talking to those guys in there about a little bit is. Rodeo is what we do. It's not what defines us. It's not what who we are as people. It's just God's given us a talent, and that's what we uh, are blessed to get to do. But at the end of the day, this is our livelihood. You know, we're we're together eighty five percent of the time, and I think that a lot of people don't have as much fun as they should, probably because they're always looking over their shoulder and saying he did this or he did that. And uh, when one of us is down, the other one's always there to pick them up, just yeah. like that. And um, we're never. Neither one of us are always both down, so there's always we're both pretty positive people. So the other one's always there to pick the other one up. So you you've had it in healed professionally, obviously, but are there ever any times when he catches a steer that you're like, uh, yeah. I, I don't want, like because as an announcer and as a fan, I watch and I'm like, that's that's yes, not supposed to happen. It just it just happened. San Angelo sent shootout. <laughs> <laughs> two called him. R two coils. Steer stopped. Jeez, yeah. steer stop. We had to be four three and ended up being four three. Oh, 
I mean, it's it's just impressive because it doesn't yeah. matter if a steer switches out or mm-hmm. his horse stops and the steer yeah. ducks left. Like, I mean, it's just his range is unlike anything yeah, you've ever he's seen. He's very impressive. Yeah, you should play ping pong with him. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's the hidden yeah. talent. Oh. Golly. So, so he's never out of play in ping pong. I'm 5'9". He's 6'8". He's yeah. <laughs> not 6'8". <laughs> his arms are... <laughs> You can hit one, damn, he'll aim to hit the floor, and he'll reach over there and grab it. Wow. Just that talent, that good talent. <laughs> what, uh, when, it, do you, when you're saying, like, one of your, one of you guys are down, is that on, like, the roping side of it? Like, gosh darn it, I just don't know what's going on. So how do you, how do you pull yourself out of that? Because, I mean, you can have somebody, hey, man, it's going to be all right, you're fine. But where do you got to go mentally to get yourself where you need to be? Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up. Um, it's not it's not like it's just a snap of the fingers and it's over type situation because there's a lot of times just like this year I was I got in a little bit of a funk I missed at the short round at the American and the short round at Houston and I was pissed yeah pissed pissed and um I think it's just like you yeah you just got to go back and almost have a fresh start you know what I mean because we was we had such a great winter and everything went really great but then those two rodeos are huge and I dropped the ball and um yeah it's not. It's not easy to get over with, but at the same time, you just have to have, you know, have faith in the in the process. You know what I mean? I think that's where some guys, it's it's all in God's time. And so right. whenever it's your time to win, it's your time right. to win. And I feel like that's one thing that helps he and I a lot to get through it is that we both know, just like it was no different than our story to go buckle. I mean, we were so close multiple, multiple times, and we put in the work, and we done every. We didn't take no shortcuts on nothing. Yeah. No, we didn't. Not nothing. We took the hard road ever which way, and rodeoed harder than as hard as anybody. You know what I mean? And I think that that's one thing that kept us going, and you know, helped us prevail is that we had faith, and it was all God's timing. Yeah. With that though, too, God, you know, he he lets you paddle that boat a little bit before you know you get the motor fired up if you will. So again, but when you got that, it's just hard for me to comprehend because you're in a competition mode to where it's not like, Hey, I'm going to go home. I'm going to reset. I'm going to charge the batteries, see my friends, see the wife, family, whatever it is. So do you have that time sometimes to go home and reset? Or is it just like, Hey, I need to just take a minute and just focus on something mentally for myself. Yeah. And I think it's a little bit of both. Like during the winter, naturally you get to be home a little bit more and then, once you get the rodeo on, then it's pretty much uh everyday type situation. But um, I feel like that you just have to clear space in your head and go to it and, you know, realize that ask him for peace. Right. Ask him for peace. And then once you once you get peace within yourself, then all of a sudden your faith and everything comes back to you because of you your confidence from the foundation that you built in the practice pen that you know that you can do your job. And there's not all these negative naysayers beating on you because of the job that you just messed up or whatever. But then it allows you to bring positivity back to yourself and be able to move on. Do you think it's kind of easier in the summertime to reset with going as hard as you are going towards like, hey, don't worry about that one. I'm going to go to the next one. I'm going to whip it on the horns. Yeah, and I think it it can go both ways. If it goes really bad in the summer, it can be really tough because I've been on that battle before when I was a rookie. I should have made the finals, but um, I got so beat down. Uh, I didn't. I mean, I didn't. That's the reason why I have the foundation I do today. Because that year, I didn't have a foundation to catch. I didn't. 
I was I was all freestyle, if you will. You know what I mean? Like it, there was no rhyme or reason why I was catching. Like it was just off of talent and working hard to open the dummy. But that's when I went home that year and I built my foundation. Um, that no matter what, I can get out of the bear and catch a steer. It might be too slow, but then once you do that a couple of times, then your confidence comes back and you can start spinning steers faster and faster. And I think that once we always have a better summer because we get to rolling and get in the groove of rodeoing and then we're, you know, kind of feeding off each other and get going good. Well, I think this is the first of, of many, Caleb. So you take that plan, carry it forward because we want to see you back here in Vegas and getting another world title, brother. Thank you, sir. Good luck to you, buddy. Good luck with the 70 plus head of horses when you get home. <laughs> <laughs> want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit nfrexperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe. 